If you only have, you know, one string of in, stream of income, then obviously it's all your eggs in one basket. And if that basket falls, everything is gone and you are left scrambling to try to figure out what's going on in the fallout um, and moving from a place of fear. Uh, you know, if that if that basket drops, you're moving now from a place of fear and that's not where we should make decisions from. Right. And so what what I teach and what I do is I have multiple ways that I'm able to create income. They all are serving the same person, which is the interesting part of it, because a lot of times people talk about multiple streams of income and they're kind of like wackadoodle. They're like, this one over here and then this one and then this one and then people rightfully so say well you're unfocused right <laughs> you can't you can't chase two rabbits and you know you're not going to catch one even if you chase two rabbits something like that um and uh and so yeah what we do is we teach multiple income streams from home but it's all serving the one person and the whole reason for multiple income streams is because you're load balancing. I mean, essentially you're load balancing. So it's a lot less stressy whenever you've got lots of baskets. If one of them falls, big deal. It's fine. You have like seven others going on and you can replace it easily. And it doesn't need to be a big stress. Living and getting by day to day doesn't need to be a stressful thing. It's just something that we were told and we believed for a really long time. What is up, America? Welcome back to another episode of the Flex Your Freedom podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We have another incredible show for you. Once again, my name is Dave Brown. You know, if you've ever felt so overwhelmed with your life, both personally and professionally, and you wanted to know if it's possible to overcome all your challenges and adversity, then this episode is definitely for you. Martha Krejci was divorced, homeless, and surviving by living in a friend's basement. She spent her time drinking, smoking, and feeling sorry for herself. And that may be very hard to believe if you meet her today, but with the love of one person who believed in her, Martha managed to turn her life around. And today she's a master of multi-level marketing and generating multiple income streams. She and her husband are on a mission to help people achieve personal, professional, and financial freedom. And we were honored to have Martha speak at our Great American Summit. And we are super excited to have her here on this episode of the Flex Your Freedom podcast. So without further ado, here is Barbara Allen with Martha Krejci. Hey there, I'm Barb Allen. And you know, here at the Great American Syndicate, we are all about freedom and we love to flex it, man. And when we say freedom, we don't just mean freedom in the sense that you're thinking of. We mean it in every aspect of life, right? We mean it personally, professionally, financially, spiritually. And then last but not least, the freedom and the inalienable, inalienable rights we are given by, by God and by our amazing, beautiful constitution. So we love to bring guests in that align with all of those things. And today's guest is no exception, Martha Krejci. We got her to join us for our first ever Great American Summit, which was a huge leap of faith for every single person who got involved. But every single person who got involved 
shares Martha's spirit of adventure. And Martha is all about taking leaps of faith and following your path and your pull and creating your freedom. We're super excited to have you here today, Martha. Listen up, everybody. Whether you're currently just overwhelmed with adversity in your life or whether you're poised to kind of step out of that adversity and really start building things or whether you've already gone through those things and now you're just ready to scale this major success and positive momentum you have in your life. Martha is your girl. I'm telling you, you're not going to go wrong with her. We're going to be talking about her book and the experience and insights she offers. She's built businesses from home. She helps people build businesses from home and find that freedom that they want in their own lives. But she's much more multifaceted than that. So Martha, let's get into it today because I am really excited to have this chance to sit down with you. I love your energy. I love your spirit. I love the authenticity that you bring to everything. Oh man, thank you for having me. I cannot wait. And I love the flex your freedom. I'm like, yeah, let's do this thing. Yeah, you know, you have to, and you know this better than anyone, I think. Um, this flex your freedom path that we're on now is part of our evolution. For four years, we did American snippets, just kind of feeling a pull, knowing we're in the right direction, not really knowing what that direction would be. And then, bam, this past year, it just crystallized. And now we're flexing our freedom, man. So, heck yeah. Thanks for joining us. All right. So look, I'm going to pop up right here with your book because it's one of the first things that Steve Sims is the one that connected me to you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you talk about the power of your community, you speak about that a lot. We're going to get into that a little bit, how that impacted your story um, and how Mike was really pivotal in that. I love that. It's, it's, you know, a lot of parallels to my life. So when Steve uh, told me about you, I went right out. I got your book um, right after I saw you, a little bit of your stuff online. I'm telling you this book right here, Home-Based Revolution. I was just talking to you, Martha, right before this. This is something, if you've never picked up a book before on like how to just kind of go for it and do it, this is going to give you, A, it's going to make you understand that, no, you're not crazy. The people around you may tell you you're crazy, but you're not crazy. There's a community out here. And Martha is leading one of the strongest ones that I have come across to help you do that. And B, it's going to reinforce some things that you've heard in your life, some thoughts that you've had before, maybe. And you just need to hear it again in a different way. Um, And Martha, you're even branching out into more ways to talk to people specifically based on their personality. So get yourself that book. I'm going to pop a link into it here. And uh, once we get done with all this and we post it, first five people to post a review or a comment, I'm going to get you one of these books and I'm going to send it out to you. Uh, My gift to you for, for being a part of this. So here we go, Martha, let's get a little bit into your, into where you are now. Then we're going to backtrack and then we're going to go into some other areas. You're doing a lot. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of spinning plates, a hundred percent, but there are people under those spinning plates. There are people spinning the plates My team helps spin the plates, but yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah. So I definitely want to touch on the team and the power of building a team and how to select, you know, what the good, what a great team can do versus what a not so great team can do. Right. But, um, but let's talk about some of those things because you have the home-based revolution. You have the change makers den is new and now you're branching out into real estate and your, your whole thing, Martha, you're about multiple streams of income, right? Yeah. And why is that so important? Why should people create not just one stream of income, but several? Yeah. 
I think like the biggest thing, if we could just say it in two words, less anxiety. Uh, if if because if you only have you know one string of in, stream of income, then obviously it's all your eggs in one basket. And if that basket falls, everything is gone, and you are left scrambling to try to figure out what's going on in the fallout. Um, and moving from a place of fear. Uh, you know, if that if that basket drops, you're moving now from a place of fear and that's not where we should make decisions from. Right. And so what what I teach and what I do is I have multiple ways that I'm able to create income. They all are serving the same person which is the interesting part of it. Because a lot of times people talk about multiple streams of income and they're kind of like wackadoodle. They're like this one over here and then this one and then this one. And then people rightfully so say, well, you're unfocused, right? <laughs> you can't, you can't chase two rabbits and ca- you know, you're not going to catch one even if you chase two rabbits, something like that. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, what we do is we teach multiple income streams from home, but it's all serving the one person and the whole reason for multiple income streams is because you're load balancing. I mean, essentially you're load balancing. So it's a lot less stressy whenever you've got lots of baskets. If one of them falls, big deal, it's fine. You have like seven others going on and you can replace it easily. And it doesn't need to be a big stress. Living and getting by day to day doesn't need to be a stressful thing. It's just something that we were told and we believed for a really long time. Yeah. And so for people who are in, there's a lot of people who have that conventional nine to five job and they you know, have their clubs or the things they volunteer with. And that's the one stream of income and that's the life they have. And they're completely happy with that. Right. Yeah. That's what they want to do. Uh, so maybe this specifically isn't for those people who just have no interest in in branching out or spreading the wings, but for people who are maybe you have that job or maybe you lost that job in the last two years. Right. Or you just, it just helped you realize like, Hey, this isn't really what I'm passionate about. Like, this is okay, but I want to be with my kids. I want to raise my kids. I want mm-hmm. to, you know, have all this freedom. Um, so, but a lot of these, a lot of times somebody can be thinking that Martha and they're like, I, I don't have an, I don't have the slightest clue where mm-hmm. to start. Right. Nobody yeah. in their family has done that. No, everybody in the family has these conventional jobs that they're either happy or unhappy in, and that's on them. But Right. It's like, I think so many people are raised and surrounded in environments where they're told like that's crazy or irresponsible or they just they're lazy or they don't want to work. Right. Um, So what what do you say to those people? How does somebody who's like, no, I know this voice in my head is right. um, But how do they find that path out? How do they how do they figure that out to take that step to to make that leap? Yeah. That's well, the first thing that I that I suggest is that you get around people that are going to speak life over you. And so when I say speak life, I mean, they're going to call out the gold in you. They're going to call out the good things about you and they're going to lift you up because um, two things are true. Well, one thing is true and it can go either way. Uh, Whatever people speak about us around us whatever they, you know, the expectations that they set on us, we're going to either rise or fall to that. And it's a very important thing to understand because once you realize that, you realize that those people in your life that actually have low expectations of you or uh, say you can't do this and you can't do that, 
it's not that you don't love them if they're family and stuff like that. You can love them just fine, but you really need to keep them out of your headspace because you're going to become what they say about you. Or if you then surround yourself with people that are speaking life and speaking gold over you and there's, they, they see things in you that maybe you don't see in yourself, but then maybe you start believing them and you recognize it in yourself and you're like, oh my gosh, I am really good at this thing. You're going to raise to their expectations. And so the very first thing is to surround yourself with a group of people that speak life or that just, you know, they, they seek out the gold in you. And then from that place, what you do is you think, okay, well, who am I going to serve? So uh, I don't want people just jumping out the window on, you know, their, their nine to five job and then just saying, I'm doing it, you know, and not really have a plan or a system or a focus. The first part of the plan is to know who the heck you're going to serve in the first place. And there's a very simple system that I use for that. I can go into it if you want to, it takes a couple minutes, but uh, they would know who they're going to be serving. And then you just move into, okay, well, how am I going to serve them? And then you start following that path and things will start emerging that you can add in as income streams, eventually then being able to leave your job if you want to leave your job. Sometimes people don't want to, just like what you're saying, but sometimes people just want to add the extra income to load balance. If they ever lost their job, they're still okay. Yeah. So you're not really more, you're not really of the burn your boats mindset then like the whole. Well, okay. So I burnt my own boats. Um, (laughs) So that's a thing. I, I just, I'm very leery of, of saying it to people because I, I don't want for them to be like, Martha said, just quit my job. And then I quit my job and but they're not like me, right? So here's the thing: is there? There's different personalities. We talked. To, you you touched on it a little bit before. There's about 25 percent of the people out there in the world are going to be a boat burning type. <laughs> they're going to be the people like like me. I essentially I quit my job, had no safety net whatsoever. Had um, uh, I I held the insurance on my family. I was the sole income earner for my family. My daughter had literally just started walking. So she was very, very young. Uh, My husband, uh, we had already brought him home from work. He was uh, a stay at home dad. And my, we had just bought a really expensive house. My in-laws had just moved in with us because my husband's dad had just lost his job. And in your seventies, you don't go get another job. And so on paper, that was my life. And then I'm like, I'm quitting my job. There's a whole story around that. But that was a boat burning situation where I was like, I planted my flag. I said, I'm going to do this thing. And then I did it. Now, my, my only hesitation for telling everybody in the world, do that thing, is that 25% of them will be able to accomplish it. 75% of the people out there that hear that, and if they were to take action on that, would then sit there after they quit their job, wondering why nobody is feeding them what they need to be fed in order to be successful. And that's why I don't like just say it publicly because some people need more in order to do it before they burn the boats, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. Like I'm one of those people that maybe I have a deadline to write a chapter for someone. You know, if I have a writing client, I'm writing their book and I'm like, okay, 
Well, if that deadline is Tuesday, I'm going to make sure I get that done too. It doesn't matter if I have to stay up till 3 a.m. Whatever it is, it's going to be written on Tuesday. But if that person may call and say, hey, I'm not going to be able to meet Tuesday, I'll be next Thursday. Subconsciously, I feel it. I'm aware of it in my head that says, okay, I can get all these other things done first because I don't have to have that done until Thursday, right? So so that is the definite personality thing in doing mm-hmm. it. Like I need to burn the boats behind me. If there's a, if there is a raft, a freaking unicorn floaty behind me, whatever I'm, I'm, I know it's there subconsciously and I'm not going to swim as hard. Yep. Um, but I like that you differentiate that mm-hmm. because a lot of people that I'll watch and learn from, some people are like, yes, everybody burn those boats, you know, and they'll kind of put, not put down, you know, but kind of proceed with the implication that if you don't burn those boats behind you, then you're not really committed. And then there's other people that say, no, heck no, don't ever burn those boats. (laughs) You know, you have to have the retreat. You're the first person I've heard take the time to break that down and analyze it. So I think this would be a good time to get into, into the personality, um, type, I don't know what the word is. I was to say type science that you're that you're going into because I just heard you do a little bit of it and it's really interesting it's a little creepy to me the AI to know how it's being out there but maybe you can decreepify it (laughs) yeah um well it's it depends on who's using it right in all cases uh it can be creepy absolutely um but yeah so what I'm, I'm working with some friends of mine that have created this entire thing around um, personality science. And really, uh, they've, they've spoken for the UN. Um, it's like, uh, they, you know, Harvard and Berkeley have written white papers on the sound science of it. So it's not just a personality test of like, what kind of cheese are you? You know what right. I'm saying? Like that's every, yeah, everybody's curious about their personality. And then there's disc assessments and there's Enneagram and there's all sorts of, if it were just a personality test, I wouldn't care that much, honestly. Right. Um, it's the AI that really gets me going. And it's because uh, we're able to know it's, it breaks down to good communication. It breaks down to really good um, human interaction. It breaks down to being able to meet the person in front of you precisely where they are, communicate with them in a way that they truly value and that matters to them and be able to push the needle on transformation in their life. So as a course creator and as a, a teacher and such, I, I, my main goal is to make sure that the person that I'm talking to can accomplish the thing that I'm helping them do. I don't create programs just to make money. I create programs because I truly want transformation for people. I want them to be able to do this stuff. And so I'm always looking at, I I guess we're kind of an ed tech company in that I'm always looking for cutting edge ways for people to be able to understand and implement what I'm talking about. So like, this is just another way in which we're doing that. Yeah. And so when you, when you were talking, cause I hopped onto a little bit of your, your live that you did the other day and I was oh, yeah. taking some notes and figuring it out. Um, and so what it'll do, one of the systems that you have, if I'm saying this correctly, is mm-hmm. that it, um, you can, like I could take your email that you sent to me and I could cut and paste it into the software and it would help me break down and analyze the best path to responding to you based yeah. on 
what your email, how it was phrased reveals yeah. about you and how you prefer to receive information? Absolutely. That's it. So uh, there are four different dominant types of people, but there's codes and they've got four pieces in, in each personality code. Right. And so it depends on, you know, the weight of each piece and all of that. But, um, but yeah, so it's going to like the four different codes, I guess, dominant codes are action. Uh, that would be me, like my very first letter and probably you too. Um, action driven. Um, I, I like freedom. <laughs> I like spontaneity. I like, uh, I like to um, just to go. I want to, I, I really value taking action and doing the thing. Right. Um, and then the second, the second one that I talk about anyway is nurturers. So that's the second one that's in my own code. So I'm, I'm heavy on action. And then I'm almost as heavy. Second letter is nurture for me and nurturers build community. They really value authenticity. They value, they're like heart centered people, right? They want to serve. They value, um, just getting people together and, uh, and helping. They're like those warm, fuzzy people. And so with me being action and nurture, just to put it in context of what it looks like as a human, me being action and then nurture, I'm like, go, 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 go. But right behind it, the reason for my go, 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 go is because I want better for the world. Right. And so like those two things, when you have, I mean, if you're a N in the very first two, like that's just who you are. You're just, that's, that gives you context around it. The other two codes are knowledge, which are, they're all about gathering data and really they take a longer time to make a buying decision. Uh, and also they, they cannot be closed. You cannot close on a knowledge. A knowledge will need as much information as they need. They will ask you lots of detailed questions about things and they will close themselves. You cannot close them. And, uh, and yeah, so those people, you just need to be able to give them their data, give them their information and then give them their time. And then the last uh, and, and their whole reasoning behind that is because they don't want to make a wrong decision. And there's, and we can understand that. Right. And then the last one is blueprint. And then blueprint is, um, it's all about systems, processes, rules. Um, there's a right way to do things and there's a wrong way to do things. And they're all about lowering their risk, you know? So that's, those are the four basic pieces, but then of course they, you know, you've got four different codes and they can, all, you know, fall together in different ways for different people. But yeah, so the AI, uh, this part of the AI anyway, there's many different ways it's being used, which is just so awesome. But uh, in this part, it's kind of like a Word doc and you can copy and paste in, say an email that somebody sent to you and you can decode the personality of the person that wrote the email to you. So just based on the email that they wrote to you, you can see what personality they have. You can see what matters to them. So if somebody emails me and they are a knowledge, like their first letter is knowledge. And they're asking me about like maybe a program that I sell or something. I'm not going to respond to them as though they're in action and say, Oh, we've got this. And da, da, da. I'm probably not going to even put one exclamation point in the whole doggone email. Right. I'm going to give them the data. I'm going to say, okay, here's, here's what we're doing in here. Here's the modules. Here's the breakdown of everything. Here's the, um, you know, 
uh, what you can expect to see in there. You just give them all of the data. And then at the end, instead of closing, you say, let me know if you need more information, which for most salespeople is like, <gasps> what? Like you're not closing. But the whole thing is you don't. I, the minute you try to close a knowledge, you've lost them completely. So many people have just lost the game totally by not knowing how to talk to the person they're talking to. And this isn't just about sales, it's about buy-in. So it's, uh, it's you know, how people buy, but it's also how people buy into things. So think movements, causes, all of this stuff. Yeah, I think that that's huge in those fronts too, where a lot of people are trying to bring people over to quote, you know, their side today. Right. And, yeah. and explain things and, and do all that. So I think that'd be huge. And that's, um, so even if you're not interested in sales or marketing and you just want to know how to communicate better with the people around you, then this could be a helpful tool to do. Yeah. To have to learn. All right. So let's talk a little bit back to, um, you talk about how Mike, you know, breathe life into you. And I've heard you talk about that before and how, you know, he sees the gold in you talk a little bit about where you were in that place. Cause it can be easy for people to look at you now and be like, Oh, what does she know? You know, look at her. She, she has no idea what it's like to struggle. Like she lives here. She does this. Right. So we'll just go a little bit. Let's get your street creds now, I guess, for those people yeah. <laughs> or a little bit of, of doubting. Um, just talk about a little bit of where you were in your life when you met Mike. Yeah. I love the street cred part. My favorite thing, is it weird? My favorite thing about life is the struggle um, because it, it makes us who we are. Uh, that's so, all right. Yeah. Let's go back. Um, this was uh, about 2009, 2009, 2010. No, nine. I had just divorced my first husband and it ended in, it was bad. It ended in um, physical violence. I ended up in the hospital. Um, it, it was a it was a whole thing, and uh, of course, we divorced. And after that, i I started a downward spiral that was it was bad. It was really bad. I um, was very lucky for somebody to allow me to to stay in their house. I stayed in their basement, um, and. The basement, I mean, God bless him for letting me stay down there. But I mean, this wasn't a glamorous basement at all. Like the, the, the toilet didn't have walls around it. Okay. Like it was kind of like, uh, there, you know, it was, it was a basement. It was a basement. And, um, uh, I lived down there. I was a severe alcoholic had been for years. Um, that marriage was kind of just swimming in alcohol and that's, that's why it, it wasn't, I mean, it was a big reason why it was a mess anyway, but yeah. you know, it just, I didn't do well with alcohol and I have no judgment for people that drink at all. Like doesn't bother me at all. But for me, man, it was not, not a good look. But, um, I remember one day I was sitting in the basement. Um, I had, I was a smoker. I used to smoke all the time. And, uh, my ashtray was all full of cigarette butts. Ugh. And, um, I remember just sitting there and I just stared at the wall. I was drunk. And I remember just staring at the wall and thinking like, what happened? What? I mean, I had not a bad childhood. 
you know, like my parents loved me. Uh, we, we grew or I grew up in, they were both uh, blue collar workers, you know, made about 30 or 40 grand a year. Um, we lived on a farm. I had horses and chickens and all the things like I just, you know, it, I didn't have a terrible upbringing that then turned me into this wounded person. Right. Uh, but it was, it was little sidesteps that I had taken away from how I had grown up, honestly, little decisions that had taken me, that had taken me off path. And, you know, you don't realize when these little things happen, you don't realize until you're sitting on the couch, drunk, staring at the wall that like all of those little tiny decisions led to this, this moment where you're like, who even am I? Yeah. I remember as I was sitting there staring at the wall, I remember thinking like that I had so much to offer the world. It's so weird. I had a, I had a vision that I had so much to offer the world but I had no idea what I had to offer the world. It was, and then I was like, but who would even, who would even listen to me? What do I have to say? You know, like it was like all of these weird things were going through my head. <clears throat> and that was, that was in a moment where I was, I was getting very, I was really, really depressed in that state. And uh, then I met, well, I had met Mike before, but he and I started hanging out and what he started doing, which is that thing that we're coming around to what he did for me in those, in those days of me not having anything at all. Like I had no will. I had no self-respect. I was just a mess. I was a total just driftwood, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. And what he did for me in those moments is he told me what he saw in me. He told me how amazing I was at X, Y, and Z. Like he told me that, uh, I was, uh, well-spoken. He told me that I was, uh, really good with, um, you know, these different things. I don't even remember specifically what they were, but he would, he would tell me how brilliant I was and he, he would bring that stuff out of me. And I remember at the very beginning of when he would tell me those things, I would think like, okay, man, you know, like, <laughs> um, we're already dating. You don't need to like <laughs> butter me up right now. Right. Um, like, what are you after here? And eventually he stayed persistent with it. And as he stayed persistent with it, I started believing it and I started seeing it in myself. And then whenever I started seeing it in myself, then I could start bringing it forth, you know, and that's the value of having somebody around you. That's going to speak life over you because that wasn't even something that came natural to him. It's very like, it's when we tell this story now, it's kind of, Mike is really quiet. Like he's, um, I don't know if, I, I don't know if he would use the word introvert or not, but he's just, he, he, um, he watches, you know, and he doesn't really say a whole lot. And for him to be doing things like that was really just, um, it was outside of his nature to even do something like that. So, um, 
that's what I just think it's super important for all of us to be speaking life over our loved ones because we as humans need it. We need it now more than we've ever needed it before because we are, we're being spoken death over us day in and day out, whether it's directly from a human being or if it's indirectly through a media narrative. We're, we're, death is being spoken over us daily and we need to just be diligent in speaking life over each other because we have to keep ourselves together here. Yeah, super important, which is a great time to shift into. Um, I want to ask you about this moment that happened when you were on stage at our event. Um, again, this was in January, so it was just a couple months ago. And I saw you get on stage and and I had been going through this myself because I was speaking you know, towards the end of the event and I had these things I was going to say. And every time somebody got up and started speaking and I would feel the emotions, I mean, I'm just burned everything that I came prepared to say or was going to focus on. And then I had all these other experiences right up until just a few minutes before I went on stage and everything was gone. And I just, but, and so I, I sort of saw that happen, I think a little bit to you when you got up there and I was watching, I watched all the speakers, but I was really watching you because I could feel it more coming from you where it seems like you got on stage and you were, you had all these slides prepared and you were going to speak about what you do. Um, and then it just changed. Like you started talking and sharing things about, you know, your dad and your family and your life, but what happened in that stage? And I, and I, I'm asking this now because you were just touching on something that, you know, about how we're being spoken death and all this, and you did the opposite right there. You know, you took that moment and you did exactly what you're just talking about, about speaking life into people. So what happened when some of those things you talked about on stage, you want to share them here um, for people who weren't lucky enough to, to hear you uh, come speak at that because you went totally off script. Totally. And it 100%. was really cool. And you opened with a prayer, you know, and so faith is really important to you. So let's talk about that too. You know, why is faith so important to you? And what is the reaction that you get from people when you introduce that into conversations? Yeah, that's, that was a, a really, for those of you that haven't seen the great American summit, the first one, like that's the, it was an amazing, an amazing event. And, uh, whenever that morning, as I was preparing for my talk, like there was what I thought I was going to talk about. And then there was what was put on my heart to talk about. And oftentimes we get into situations where we're like, okay, well, this was my script and this is what I said I was going to do. So I'm just going to follow this through, even though I feel like God has laid on my heart, something else to communicate. And then like, I, you know, you're not really moving in what I call divinely led footsteps. If you can't bob and weave, if you can't like change the message for what you're feeling in that moment, you really need to be able to do that because that's what you're being called to do. That's just how I believe. And, um, and so that more, that moment or that morning, excuse me, I was, I felt called to get real. I felt called to go off script of just the, okay, well, here's how we do this. And here's how we create business from home and da, 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 da. And more about here's what's going on in our world. Here's our only way to fight back. 
And this is how this is how we move forward. This is how we create communities. This is how. So it was the I'm I'm big into tactical. Do this, do that, do this, do that. Wash, rinse, repeat. I'm very into that because it gives people a blueprint. It gives people a plan so they don't just sit around because sometimes we're just like, rah, 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 let's do this stuff. And they get really excited and they want to do something in the world, but they don't know boots on the ground, how to make it happen. Right. And so that's where I was just like, okay, functionally, this is how we do this thing because I wanted every single person in that room and every single person that watched the video later to be able to, if they wanted to, they would have the ability to go ahead and create their own micro community and start some grassroots movements on their own. And so that was super important. And then the sharing the thing about my dad, that, um, yeah, that's, that's not anything that I have ever shared publicly ever. And, um, it's, it just felt, it felt like, it felt like a room full of people he would have just loved, right? And so I felt like I need to give everything I am right here. And uh, that's, that's where I did that. But yeah, in, in the moving forward in faith and the way that I live in my faith, um, I, I, you know, I, I, I am a lover of Jesus all day long. And, uh, the way that I move is we saw how Jesus lived whenever he was here. And I choose to emulate that as much as possible. And whenever we can do that, I believe that we're really doing the right thing. And that's, um, so that's, I, I'm not, I'm not like in your face with it because you don't create transformation for an individual whenever you create dissonance and cognitive dissonance for them and you make them wrong and you like batter them over the head with them being wrong. That's not, that's not at all how you, how you help somebody, right? It's how you get somebody to push away from you and never ever pay attention to you. So I just live, I live it out. Um, just the same way that my dad lived his faith. I, I choose to do the same. Awesome. So what are some of those things that you see? I mean, obviously, you know what we're all about. You know why we're here. You know why we're doing You know what we do. Um, but what are some of those things that you see? You know, obviously, the divide in our country and we're being told one thing. Um, then we're being told another. And even now with all this stuff going on, nobody knows what to think or what to believe or who's telling the truth. And then there's people who just jump on the headline and insist that it's true. Um, so what do you think are some ways that we can move past all the divisiveness and the narratives that we're being told that some people are not essential, some people are wrong, some people are to blame for all of this happening um, and for those who are bashed for just questioning a narrative at all? Yeah. Yeah. Um, something that I talked about not too long ago on a video, uh, that's something I believe strongly in. I'll, I'll explain it here. Uh, so I was wearing one of Anthony's shirts. Um, it says awake, not woke. And um, I was talking in that video about 
how we need to be wearing gear like that. And not just because we all need to be wearing t-shirts. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying we need to be wearing our message. And so whenever we go out into the public, here's the deal is the media has made us, us look like um, toothless cretins. It makes us look like cavemen, makes us look like we're all like just uh, dumb, violent savages. That is the, I mean, that's the narrative, right? And, uh, and so when I show up as Midwestern mom with this message on my shirt that somebody, because they believe a thing that they see all the time in the media, right? If they see that message or if they see me wearing, you know, a hat with a message on it, right? Like make America great again or something like that. If they see me wearing that and then I smile at them and then I am myself, I am who I am. Like I love people. I'm happy. I'm laughing. Like that's, I'll get out of the way of people. Like I'm, I'm gracious, right? As we all are, this is who we are at our core. And for me to be able to go out into the world and then create this schism almost create this like what um, response because they're like, they can't understand the two. The two don't feel like they can live in the same place. Wait, she looks nice. She seems happy. She's smiling. She's helping, but she looks like the enemy, right? That's where we need to, we need to be able to wear these messages so we can show people we're just like them. But there's so many of us that are afraid to wear these messages out there because we're afraid of what they're going to think of us. But the only way that we change the way that they think of us is by literally showing up and showing them by just wearing the message so they don't even have to talk to us. They can experience us and realize that we're just like them. Yeah, that is huge. And we'll get some looks and like kind of you see people like actually step away or roll their eyes or whatever. And Mm -hmm. I'll admit I might do the same thing on occasion when I see somebody wearing a shirt that clearly expresses, I'm like, okay, I know where you are, but then I try to check myself and like give that person an extra smile or whatever, like just to kind of, kind of go out there. All right. So in the last couple questions here, I'm curious to know, um, who are you, who are your mentors now? Are Are you in a mastermind yourself? Do you go to, events for yourself or do you study, are you coached with someone for speaking? You're a really great, eloquent speaker. Mike was right about that. You know, when you get up there, you have the message and you get it across, but it's not easy to get up on stage and speak, you know? So did you, did you study for that? Are you studying for that? Or are you working with any mentors for yourself right now? Yeah. The, the speaking truly came from being on video for a very, very long time. And I just got used to it. So that's, I don't have a mentor or anything for that. Uh, And I don't have a coach per se, but I read a lot. And uh, the books that I read are typically like, they're, they're kind of like old school marketer books. Right. So like um, uh, Dan Kennedy, like that, that sort of thing, like the grumpy old marketer. Uh, that's, that's the stuff that I really like. I'm in a mastermind, uh, called war room 
And that's um, uh, Ryan Dice and I can't remember, Perry Belcher. There's a lot of those guys. So it's it's a very like marketing driven mastermind. So I'm in that. Uh, I just really, I enjoy spending time with people that are very, they're like hearted with me. And so that's why Steve and I get along great because we both just, we just want what's best for people, you know? And so I just, I, I make sure that I stay close with individuals like that. And I think we all just grow together. And, um, so, so yeah, but I also, like I said, I read a lot of books. I'll read two or three books a week. So, uh, not read audible, but, um, but yeah, so I, I'm just always consuming content and I'm filtering through it and I'm saying, all right, keep this, toss that, keep this, toss that. Yeah, that matters. You know, the the cumulative effect of what you absorb and the content you take in matters. Even if you don't remember the specific technical things about the book, you're going to remember the impression it left and it's just going to build up if you keep doing it, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So how does somebody join a group, Martha? You know, you have communities on online. You have your change makers stand. You have a home-based revolution. I don't know if you have other ones. Probably. I imagine you have 900. <laughs> you're everywhere. Um, but, you know, you're, you're really good and you're really invested in the people that you serve um, and in showing up for them and, and in how you do that. But how can somebody come into a community, especially like, so you make the decision, Hey, I don't have anyone in my life, or maybe I do, but I'm going to surround myself with more people. I'm going to invest in this community. I'm going to show up, but then what do they do once they're in there to get the maximum value out of it? You know, how do, how can somebody join a community and really make it serve the way it's supposed to serve without just showing up and and dumping in there or sitting back? Like what's a, what's a good way for somebody to come into a community and assimilate and then rise within it. Yeah. Uh, Well, first the community needs to be built well, because some communities you really just can't do a whole lot with, but um, what, what I would do whenever coming into a community is I would scan what's going on. Like what is, what's the culture like here? What's the norm? What's expected here? Also, I would check the events and see like, are there events coming up here that I need to get on my calendar? Right. And, uh, aside from that, uh, find out who the community owner is and see what they do and do your due diligence research on who the owner is. And, uh, and then, you know, as people are asking questions and giving feedback, show up you show up and you give good feedback as well. And you're not giving feedback in order to say, um, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. You're giving feedback to be a good human and to truly help this person push the needle on what it is they're doing in their world if you have good advice to give. And if you don't, don't make it up. <laughs> just just pass it on, you know, like go to another thread or something like that. But uh, but yeah, it's all it's all about just, finding the way that you're able to give the most value possible. That's the most important thing. Just the best thing about either your own communities or communities that you're in is that you become the gold nugget of that place. You are the value giver. You're the one that helps people. And that's just so important just as a human. Awesome. 
All right. So, you know, here we're also big on the American dream, Martha. There's a lot of people who say that A, it never existed. B, it's a lie. It's an illusion or only certain people can get that American dream, right? It's only available to some people. But we know the difference is the American dream is different for everybody. It's not, we don't all want that white picket fence, the dog and the two kids. Like we all have our own version of the American dream. So I would love to ask you, what's your version of it? Oh, yeah. My version of the American dream is to be able to, um, well, you know, have my bills paid. That's the very first one, right? Um, And to not have to worry about money. Okay. Uh, Beyond that is to be able to travel. So we have a seven-year-old daughter um, to be able to travel, have a tutor with us where she's learning She also goes to school, but it's at any given time we could take her out of school and we go travel and the tutor can come with us. So she's anchored, also has a community Uh, and really just be able to travel, travel around and show people how to be able to have freedom in their own right. So get in front of people, get face to face with people, show people that there are other individuals out there that truly care about them, regardless of what they see on the mass media, right? There are truly people out there that want good things for them and don't need a thing in return. And that's what the American dream is for me is to get in front of as many people as possible to show them how to be able to create their own dreams. Martha, thank you so much for everything, for saying yes, for taking that leap of faith with us, for showing up in our world and showing up for our community to let people know where they can get in touch with you and find out more about you. And I would really recommend people, A, again, I'm going to send out the first five people who leave a review. I'm going to and shoot me an email so I can see it. I'll shoot you a version of this book. You know, I'll pick it up for you and send it to you because I really love it. It connects and it's uh, very digestible. It's not overwhelming to read. It's good stuff. And then um, go ahead and give Martha a follow and study or learn from her. If you're not interested in growing a business or doing what she's doing, pass it on to that friend that you know is, because I promise you, Martha is a gem and you're going to be glad you found her. So share your, share your sites, Martha, please. Oh, you're the best. Uh, my, the main website is withmartha.com. And that's kind of the hub for everything. So you Perfect. can follow me on social media, the Martha Krejci, almost anywhere. But withmartha.com is, is it. All right. Awesome. Martha, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, everyone. There you have it. That wraps up another episode of the Flex Your Freedom podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you got any value out of today's episode, please leave us a five-star review or rating on Spotify or iTunes. We would really appreciate it. Let people know what we're doing here. Tell a friend, share one of your favorite episodes on social media. Make sure you follow us on social at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube at Great American Syndicate. And again, if you got value out of this and you want to learn more about Martha Krejci, make sure you head on over to greatamericansyndicate.com forward slash newsletter. You can check out the full episode, the show notes, re-listen to the podcast, watch the video interview, and we'll throw in some links there that you can use to follow Martha Krejci on social, which we highly recommend. Martha was also kind enough to do a little bonus training for our members of the Great American Syndicate. 
The Great American Syndicate is our association of patriotic, freedom-loving Americans who are committed to pursuing more out of life and who believe in America's core values and America first and made in America and all those things that make America great. We would love to have you as a member. If you want to learn more, just go to greatamericansyndicate.com forward slash join us. You can find all that stuff again over at greatamericansyndicate.com. Become a member today. We have a lot of uh, awesome discounts and perks, uh, discounts from Made in America companies, some of which we've had here on the podcast. You get 30% off all of our apparel, plus you get one ticket to our annual Great American Summit. You can watch virtually or be in person as long as you're an active member. And on top of that, the Great American Syndicate membership area is a social networking platform. So you can engage and connect with other like-minded patriots like yourself. So we would love to see you inside. We're building a community, the Great American Syndicate. Go to greatamericansyndicate.com to learn more. And we will see you next week. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you really are. <music> 